welcome back to the Hall of Comics podcast. My name is Ollie, and as always, I'm joined by Gary. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> yes, he's here. Um, it's issue number 71. Woo! Isn't there a film called 71? Uh, Who cares? No. Um, let's go to some comics and some shit. Yeah, so, uh, well, you know, what have you been up to recently, Gary? Have you seen anything? Have you watched anything Last recently? night I went to see Knives Out. It was great. Knives Out? That's Knives the Out. latest one from Ryan Johnson? Yeah, yeah. Um, considering, like, you know, the last film I think he done was Star Wars: The Last Jedi, Jedi, which yeah. was very controversial. Um, very, you mean very great? It was, it was good. <laughs> it was good. Um, this was just like so good, though. Really, really good. Daniel Craig was amazing in it, um, with his southern accent and his detective ways. It was honestly, and this is probably going to put you off. It was like the best episode of Jonathan Creek or Murder She Wrote I've ever seen. I mean, that doesn't doesn't put me off entirely. <laughs> and I mean, and Daniel Craig is basically playing the character that Rick Mel played in Jonathan Creek. That's 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 too deep. A too for me. That's too deep. Imagine just like Rick Mel at his suavest. I mean, less Rick yeah. Mel and Bottom clearly. Oh, uh, just the whole cast was fantastic. Um, it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go. Um, half an hour in, you you kind of you know more about the murder than you think you're going to know and like potentially you might be rooting for the wrong or the right people oh cool depending on how it goes i don't want to spoil anything for you but yeah because it is a it is like a whodunit yeah yeah um but yeah daniel craig's uh detective who you're not sure if he's either very clever or very up his own ass um <laughs> is fantastic and um, the main character as well, uh, Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas. She was in uh, Blade Runner twenty. Blade Runner, Knock Knock. Um, loads of loads and loads of um, films that uh, that I haven't seen okay. as well. Um, yeah, Chris Evans was having so much fun. He was <laughs> so good at it. I just I don't want to spoil anything. But every single character from uh, Jamie Lee Curtis to the whole star-studded cast, just they did a wonderful job. Um, there's some there's some really really funny moments in it literally laugh out loud moments Yeah, and it's all surrounding the death of a family member from a rich family as you would in like Cluedo yeah um, and they even mentioned he's like Daniel Craig's like this is basically the house from Clue <laughs> so um, uh, yeah it, it all surrounds that and there's a kind of mysterious circumstances it looks like he's killed himself but foul play is afoot uh. um, I this is probably my favourite film of the year, considering that Us came out, Avengers Endgame came out, uh, Joker came out. Mm. This is my favourite film of the year, I would say. Wow, okay. Yeah. That's, that's a... Bold claim. That's big and bold. That. Yeah. I, uh, I think I'm seeing it next week, so I'll I'll decide. It's, it's still like completely fresh from last night, and I'm sure I've left out loads of stuff, and we'll discuss it potentially next week properly. Sure, yeah. Um, have you seen anything? Uh, I, I did the... <laughs> the kind of the lo- the long journey that was the Irishman on Netflix. Oh, that three hour film. Three and a half hour oh film. Oh my god! And there wasn't like there were, <laughs> the only three and a half hour films I enjoy are well, three hours Avengers Endgame or if it's the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes. sit through those, no problem. Um, so I I I did the really stupid thing. I started watching it at about eleven o'clock at night. And I was like, this, this, this was a mistake because it's 
really, really, really good. You watched it all in one sitting? All in one sitting. Wow. I, it's, because it's that kind of... If you're a fan of uh, Scorsese gangster films, yeah. like, you know, obviously, you know, you have... Departed. Your, Departed, you've got Goodfellas, things like that. Mm. It's... It's that kind of level. And it's got Pesci and, yeah. and De Niro. Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and they're you know they're the big three in the film. You've also got like Harvey Keitel's there. Um, there's Ray Romano's in it from Everybody Loves Raymond. Is Ray Liotta in it? No. Oh, that would have completed um, the trilogy. He is a really great film, and everything's really juggled really well. Um, there are I do I do have some issues with the film mm. in that too long no, no, not not too long because it's it's obviously it's a De Niro film yeah the de-aging in it is superb yeah although there's a slight issue I have with like some of like the looks of eyes in the film it looks a bit odd um, but the story's really great it's a true story story of uh, Jimmy Hoffa and Frank Sheeran who's the Irishman mm-hmm. um it's it's a really really. I don't just, know anything about that. So what what what? It's it's all kind of like around the time of uh, JFK in the in okay. America and that kind of like um, the assassination or not really no because so Jimmy Hoffa's around the same time and it's all about like the unions mm. and Robert De Niro is the Irishman. He's kind of the person that uh, in quotation marks I heard you paint houses, oh, yeah. which is he's basically like a hired gun. Yeah, um, and it's all about that that kind of that time, but it goes from like the 50s all the way up to modern times so they de-age him and then they age him up at the end as well and it's it's really well done and the thing is it's one of those things watching De Niro and Pacino on screen you could genuinely sit and watch them just chat for a good couple of hours and it, you'd be thoroughly entertained um, I was disappointed that Martin Scorsese didn't come on to the film at some point and looking directly into the camera and say and that's why I hate Marvel films but you know you're not going to get everything you want um, it was it was a really really good film. Obviously, it's quite long, mm-hmm. and I don't know when I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. Um, my I think my problem, I other problem I have with it is that all of the female characters in it are kind of seen but not heard. I was going to say because like you mentioned some great names there, but I didn't notice any. Well, the thing is, like, is that just because they're not seen? Like, they're, well, they're they're there. Yeah, but they don't say much, and I think it's it's largely I I get. Maybe is it speaking to how women were treated back then by the husbands and stuff? You know, mm. they were always left out of business and all of these kind of things. But it did. It felt odd for a film like a modern film today yeah. to have female characters that had like nothing. Like Anna Paquin's in it, um, who played Rogue in the X Men, and I think she maybe has two lines, and she's quite a major character. Yeah. It's, it's one of those kind of things. So I, d- I don't know. I I think I might need to kind of revisit it. Uh, but it's, that was my my kind of issue a bit. I was like, okay, this is. This is very dude heavy, but then again, the time and the kind of the the unions were all male and stuff like that is, you get why it is. I suppose the majority of Martin Scorsese films are like that. I mean, like if you look at The Departed, the only one that was kind of like, like you had the psychiatrist was the the kind of yeah, but like she she had, but she had stuff to do in that film. Yeah, even though it was it was, you'd expect more. But in this film, like more like The Godfather, I suppose. Like, yeah, it, like you know, it, it, it felt like that. Like, yeah. and it felt like the women were kind of in the film. You know, the doors closed. Yeah, the men, like the 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 leaders of the family, are talking, and it, which which it isn't felt fine. Bit, but at the same time, it is fine if you're show, trying to portray kind of like, like it's, a it's era. of yeah of the era. But like, it, I think for for a modern audience, you would have a slight problem with that you because would see. You would you'd, you'd be like, oh, yeah. okay, that's that's not good. And you, you'd expect. 
them to be a bit better, but you, I, I get why they made that choice. Just, but that being said, yeah. The Irishman is really good. I would definitely recommend, if you can, try and do it in that one sitting. And you'll be surprised of how how easy you'll find it. Um, or just go see Knives Out. Everybody's a cunt in that film. <laughs> <laughs> like men, women, children. I, I, I do enjoy how like people are saying, you know, I'm going to watch this uh, this new Martin Scorsese film the way that he intended on my Apple Watch on Netflix rather than on the big screen. Morons. <laughs> but yeah, so I saw that and that was that was pretty good. So that's available on Netflix now. You can go and catch that. Knives Out. Yep. You can go to the cinemas, cinemas now. Yeah. Go out. Go and get it. Definitely go and check those out. Um, in terms of other kind of news and stuff, it's been relatively quiet. I think, obviously, yeah. we... Coming up to the Christmas period. Coming up to the Christmas yeah. period. We're nearing the end in the US of Titans mm-hmm. on uh, season two. They've greenlit season three. And obviously in the UK we should now be getting season two fairly quickly because it's ended. Who cares? We've got dark materials. You are wrong about that show. Do you know what? As as a as a fellow fan of the Teen Titans animated series, mm-hmm. there are some things in this series you'll really love. In Titans. Yep, in Titans. Season two is really good. Are we doing I, Slade Wilson. Deathstroke is the main villain in this series. Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, and he's really good. He's oh really, really good. God. Um, but yeah, so that's that'll be coming at some point in the in the new year. But obviously, as we're getting towards the end of the year, things are kind of quieting down. We're getting towards Christmas, so the end of year lists are going to start to happen fairly soon. Yeah. I know we are working on ours. That's going to be coming up in a couple of episodes time. But yeah, so more importantly, let's get to comics of the week. Woo! Let's start with a new start for Deadpool. So Kelly Thompson's doing the writing on this one. Um, the artist was very familiar. Yeah, so uh, pencils on this from Chris Pacello, inks from quite a few people. Townsend, Vey, Mendoza, Livesay, Olazaba. Sorry if I've pronounced anyone's uh, names there. Colours from David Curiel and letters from Joe Sabino. And this is Deadpool issue number one, which is strange because usually if they're going to start something like this, they would start it in January. So it's odd that they've started early. Um, which is... I, I do feel like it was kind of maybe in January for Marvel, the big one is four mm. from Donny Cates. I do feel like maybe they put this here earlier in the kind of schedule to not maybe move out of its way mm. to kind of give it like a, a big thing because I've heard a lot of there's a really good a lot of good buzz around that for number one and it's being kept a lot of funny case on yeah but it's being kind of quite kept under wraps as well I get it but Jason Aaron is wrong yeah but you know if you love something let it go um, so this Deadpool like so familiar because it was the same artist that did Doctor Strange with was it Donny Case or was it Mark Wade? Uh, Donny Case. Donny Case. Um, I really loved it. I, it really goes well with Deadpool. Um, it, that kind of like animated, jokey, nice, bizarre, yeah. Cthulhuish um, artwork. I, and I, it was I, Christmassy. Yeah, it's Christmassy. And obviously, the story here is that on Staten Island, uh, monsters, the king of the monsters, is kind of set up, and all the monsters are going there. So Deadpool has been hired to be like, look, can you go and get rid of the king of the monsters because. They're taken over Staten Island, like they've even moved into houses and stuff. It's, um, it's it's a really good style. Like you said, the art style really lends itself to Deadpool's kind of comedic action. Yeah. Um. Even like you know, blood and gore. So like from the first couple of pages, Deadpool's ripped in half, and it like, it's gory, but it's not. It's got that kind of. This will be good for like. Um, Teens. Teens and kind of younger yeah. readers as well. It makes Deadpool... No, 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 no. You can't say younger readers. No, no, no. I don't mean... I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean like, teens. That's what I mean, like... I mean, we would. 
We would give it. Yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah. I think when we were young, we were reading that that Blood Angels Warhammer comic, and that was gory. That was sick. But even if it was in black and white. It was like <laughs> Jesus. There's a lot of blood in this. Um, um, but yeah, it's it's really. I really love the the kind of Chris Pacello style in this. The uh, the coloring from uh, David Curio as well is really good because like the reds in this book just completely pop. Obviously, Deadpool just completely captures your eye as soon as he's on he's on the page yeah um, i really love his new counterpart well he didn't last long but um Spoilers. chocobo uh that he keeps calling the chamberlain because he looks also like a skeptic and like because of that i thought he was definitely going to be a villain but he's not he's a, just a lovely chocobo monster um, he's really sweet yeah had a I... Bit of banner. I love that um that the is it blood rain not blood rain that's a video game the, Elsa uh, Bloodstone. Elsa Bloodstone was in this. Because, like, she's been popping up. Like, she popped up last year with Doctor Strange Damnation. She's popping up here as well. I'd really like to see a series, or I'd like to see her in, potentially, in the Blade series. Well, there was, um, the Hellstrom series was gonna have her, there was gonna be the Hellstrom TV series. Yeah. Um, and she was gonna be part of it. I don't know what's happened with that. I think it might have been cancelled because of the whole Disney, like, consolidating Hulu and things like that yeah um but I don't know but they were definitely a push to kind of have a but a bit more mainstream um one of my favorite things in this book and it was so sad um I was a big fan of um Kelly Thompson's West Coast Avengers yeah and in that obviously they introduced uh, Jeff the Landshark and the fact that Gwenpool turns up and comments on how she doesn't like you know Jeff's not safe in her books because they keep getting cancelled. <laughs> so she's like, look, you're you're a Deadpool, you're a good strong ongoing. You'll take care of Jeff. <laughs> it's just it's really sad, and it's like I just bite his leg like a little cute puppy. Jeff the Landshark. Um, if you guys haven't read Kelly Thompson's West Coast Avengers, I think it was only twelve issues. It, mm. it was unfairly cancelled because of uh, poor sales. You know, poor sales, um, but. It's definitely worth picking up and having a read because it's so much fun. And also, Jeff the Landshark is the cutest thing in the entire world. I, I loved that uh, Deadpool does something just really like... In all of this thing where he becomes the king of the monsters, slays an evil monster for because he's a mercenary and that's what he does, and then becomes their king, and he's sick of it. He doesn't want it, so he just takes out his pet shark and his pet chocobo for an ice cream. <laughs> just like oh. mid-comic. It's just so sweet and like... Kelly Thompson gets it. You don't need to be like Deadpool Mercenary, which came out like this year, I think, at the beginning of this year, where it was just like, ugh. they tried to be Ryan Reynolds, but they tried to just be really mean about it. Whereas yeah. this one, it, it, there's comedy to it. There's like lightheartedness. That's what it needs. I think I think as well, because you've obviously, in this book, you've established the threat of yeah. Craven towards the end. And because you have this good in the back, year for him. yeah, really good year for Craven, and you have this kind of this thing that's going to be slowly building in the background. Clearly, mm. um, you can introduce Deadpool's like hyper kind of assassin mercenary stuff because you already know that. You can introduce that a bit later, whereas this is really us getting to know Deadpool in this new setting of as the king of the monsters he is now. Yeah, it's yeah, I, I really enjoyed it for an issue one. I thought it was just it was a really strong start. And it's Christmas Christmas themed, so make sure you get it and stuff it in someone's stocking. Um, <laughs> talking to Christmas themed, Hazel and Cha Cha save Christmas. Yeah, so this one's from uh, Dark Horse, 
Um, it's a one shot. This is by Gerard Way, of course. He made all of the Umbrella Academy. This is part of the Umbrella Academy world. So it's a story from Gerard Way and Scott Alley from an idea from Sidiri Alley. I don't know if Sidiri's um, a member of Scott Alley's family, maybe daughter of, or something like that. Um, art from Tommy Lee Edwards and letters from John Workman. So the artwork is not the same as the Umbrella Academy. This is slightly different. I did enjoy this artwork. Yeah, so Umbrella Academy is Gabriel Barr, does yeah. the art. Um, this was a really nice. Really nice kind of change in artwork. I was I was yeah. quite happy with this the artwork style in this, and I feel like it's um, a fun a fun kind of Christmas romp. Of Don't a comic. take it too seriously. No, one hundred percent. Do not take this one seriously. Yeah. Um, if you are, I'd say like for me, I wasn't blown away by the comic story. Mm. I think I more just enjoyed it. I'm a fa- fan of Hazel and Chacha from the first two volumes of Umbrella Academy. Yeah. And how just that, they're that kind of wacky off the wall kind of characters that are protecting the time stream and shit like that. I enjoyed this for their interactions rather than the story. I mean, I imagine a lot of people out there have watched the TV series, they might see this on the shelves and think, oh, it's Hazel and Chacho. They're very different to the books. Hazel and Chacho in the books are more kind of, do you know what? They lack empathy completely. Yeah, that in the in the TV series they definitely introduced uh, Char Char as a so much more sympathetic character than yeah. he actually is, um, and also in this Hazel is actually a dude as well. Yeah, so, so they do believe in Santa. So yeah, <laughs> um, there's a great story mid midway through this, and it's the thing that I probably enjoyed the most, which um, Santa Claus is real, and that um, when children turn the age of nine, they're told that Santa Claus isn't real. Um, but every part before that, Santa Claus gives out presents, and the parents take the credit uh, for the pre- for the presents. Um, but I thought it was really, really just funny, <laughs> just funny. Yeah. I yeah, so I I enjoyed like the interactions, like where Santa Claus turns up with the missile launcher, and Char Char's like, I always believed in you. <laughs> um, it's yeah, it's it's a fun comic. I think like obviously. If you're a fan of Umbrella Academy, this is definitely one to pick up. Yeah, it's you know, but it's it's definitely as it's a Christmas kind of one, it's not one to take too seriously. I wouldn't say I I wouldn't even go as far as to say this is canon. Yeah, like for the Umbrella Academy's overall story, I would pick this up. I would pick Deadpool up as Christmas presents to stuff in the stocking, especially this one because like the cover on it is like shiny gold and like uh, illuminated. It's just a beautiful, beautiful cover. It's it's something that you would see and be like, "Oh, this is shiny." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of Hazel and Chacha. I think I I just really love their designs. I love their masks, and yeah, this was one that I was going to pick up regardless. Cool. And yeah, so yeah, definitely put it in someone's stocking for Christmas. Next one, Olympia. So you told me to pick this up. This is Kurt Perez and Tony Perez doing. I think they're both. Oh. It's father and son, isn't it? Yes, it's Tony Perez, Kurt Perez, art from Alex Diotto, colours from D. Cuniff, uh, design from Ryan Ferrier, and letters from Mike uh, Myers. So the artwork on the front of this is very kind of like... like, When I saw this, when when you told me... (laughs) I said, pick this up. You said, pick this up. And then I I saw this, and then I picked up... I showed it to my wife. I was like, look what he's making me read. Like... (laughs) I, I thought this was going to be shit. I'll be honest with you. Um, even though it's like this kind of like Jack Kirby-esque drawing on the front cover. Yeah, so it's, it's very kind of Jack Kirby, almost pop arty as well, with the kind yeah. of the, the kind of the dot style. I don't know what that, that style is actually called. I just thought it was somebody just trying their luck, you know, 
fair enough, it might be an okay comic, but I thought it was just going to be trash, I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> it's really good. It's really, really good. I thought it was going to be shit. Um, so it starts out like these kind of very basic um, images or like these really kind of old school retro designed images of um, a kingdom, a king, uh, fighting between, I'm assuming, brothers or friends or, or worst enemies, whatever the hell they are. And then it zooms out and it's actually a, a kid's book. It's a kid reading it. And the artwork is very similar to Paper Girls in the real world. Um, yeah, so the the story follows around this kid who's a, he's a latchkey kid. Yeah. Um, which is, um, I think latchkey is more of a an American phrasing of mm. this. Um, mm. it, but it's a kid who often comes home al- like alone to a lo- an empty house and stuff like that. It's probably their parents are working or whatever. Mm. So he's often you find him reading comic books like you're doing this and then the comic book world interrupts his world I think it's, it's really sweet that as well because like he goes to a comic book shop as well and um, just... so no he, he initially when he's in the kind of the forest the mm. the like the king or the hero of his comic book crashes into his world he, and like he's working out how to try and save him yeah um, so it is very like if you if you've ever seen the the Arnold Schwarzenegger film Last Action, Last Action Hero, Hero, it's essentially this book, um, but in like a cool comic book way. Yeah, um, I really love that kind of that idea of something you read or watch coming into your world, and then you're then in turn a part of it. Um, I I kind of. I hope that they don't go the route of like this is in his imagination because he's obviously by himself a lot. I, I feel that almost it has to be in that he's a latch kid key. He's a latch latch key. Latch, latch key kid. Latch key kid. And that the story from the writer's perspective is also alongside his father who's actually ill. And I feel like potentially that he's his parents or his family have, have gone or, or died or something. And that this surrogate kind of father is going to be... I, I hope he ends up in the, the Olympian's world. Which is the Olympian is the, is the main kind of hero. I just hope that it's not going to be like Pan's Labyrinth. That he ends up in the Olympian's world. But in, oh, yeah. in reality he's got like a syringe in his arm Uh-oh. and he's on the street. Um, I want to say about this particular page. And this is page 28. And the action sequence when he's fighting... Olympian's fighting like some people that have come out of a different realm or a different dimension... They've got this, these panels are like kind of at a 45 degree angle and it makes it look really, really cool. Like the way that he's slaughtering these, I'm going to say putties because that's what you call Yeah, like putties Power Rangers. Rangers ones. Um, yeah, he, like he, this guy can really draw action sequences very well. Very, very well. I really enjoyed that. Um, I love the, the kind of the um, end, end page where the villain from the comic book has turned up in this world as well. So mm-hmm. something's happened and then he's he's killed a police officer. And it seems like, you know, we're going to have this... These worlds kind of collide. It yeah. does... Like, I think part of the reason why I really enjoyed Olympia was because... And it, it says it... the when, In chapter one, there is a quote from Jack Kirby. Mm. And it does feel like this book is a love letter to Jack Kirby. Um, I know that... It also says that Curtis um, wrote this book with his father while his father was having uh, treatment for cancer. Mm. So there's this definite kind of like father-son relationship that will potentially happen in the comic book. 
But it just seemed like, yeah, it seemed like a really kind of a sweet book. I'm, and I'm feeling a bit of Daniel Warren Johnson's Murder Falcon coming up. I, I, I God, I hope not. <laughs> I, I mean, I hope so, but I also hope not because Murder Falcon's ending is just so... Heartbreaking. Jeez. Um, I'm going to change the order a little bit. Okay. Okay, I'm going to say question next. Cool. So this is a question, The Deaths of Vic Sage, uh, number one. So this is written by Jeff Lemire with pencils from Dennis Cowan, inks from Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, colours from Chris Sotomayo, Mayer, rather, sorry, and Willie Schubert on the letters. I mean, Bill Sienkiewicz is like a legend, and like the inking work. I mean, like as soon as I saw Sienkiewicz's name on this, I was like, okay, I'm going to look specifically out for the inking. Yeah. But it is great. It is great. I mean, like, he's the guy that basically put Elektra on the map. Yeah, so if you guys, yeah, like you said, if you guys don't know Bill Sienkiewicz, um, Elektra, m- like, for me, New Mutants, that's yeah. that's the main one I'd recommend going to look for. He also did some really, like, if you even go to his Twitter page, he does some amazing kind of, like, one-shot kind of um, posters and stuff of yeah. characters, and they're stunning. There's a great, like, blue art book at the, at the moment. It looks fucking amazing. It's got all of these, like, really rare sketches mm. that you should pick out. Jeff Lemire, though, is the writer in this, and he's the great Jeff Lemire at the moment. He, he, he's, yeah, Jeff Lemire is probably the busiest man in comics. Yeah. Because he's, he's got Black this, Hammer. he's got Black Hammer, he's got the one that just came out from TKO Studios, yeah. um, and, you know, countless other things. Yeah, he's, he's, he's over the last years, or the last couple of years, Century, which was fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah, it, it, it does kind of seem like there's a there's a Jeff Lemire book a week. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, but the, the the thing is, like, I've never read a bad Jeff Lemire. So my expectations going into this were just massive. Okay. And I think in that sense, I wasn't disappointed by this, but I was a bit like, meh. Like, I enjoyed it, but, like, I wasn't blown away. And I think yeah. you just need to... So this like, this, this is um, the question deaths um, of Vic, of Vic, Vic <laughs> Nicholas the deaths of Vic Nicholas Cage, Cage um, is part of the DC's Black Label, so it is a kind of an Elseworlds story. Um, I'll admit, going into this book, I don't know much about the question at all. As mm. far as I was aware, going in, I was like, the question that's Rene Montoya at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but this is Vic Sage, who I think is the original Charleston version yeah. that inspired Rorschach. Um, so I, I've gone in literally knowing next to nothing about this character. Um, I, I was pleasantly kind of surprised by how much I liked it. Mm. That being said, there was kind of a a part in the book where I was a bit like, okay, this is good. You know, I if it wasn't this DC Black Label and it didn't have Jeff Lemire, Bill yeah. Carriage, Dennis Carrens, I don't think I would have picked this up. Like, I don't think I would have been interested in it at all. Apart from the size and the beauty of the front cover, that's the only thing that would kind of draw you in. Um, I feel like there's, like, a donut-shaped hole in this story. Okay, okay. I feel like there's, like, a donut-shaped hole with a donut-shaped hole in it. So, like... (laughs) Do you want donuts? um, To anybody that's um, that's seen um, Knives Out, don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, Uh, okay. (laughs) Whoa, spoilers. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So, yeah, I feel like there's, like, something missing in the story that I'm just not latching on to yet. It's funny that I said deaths of uh, Nick Cage, because, like, <laughs> all I heard was Spider-Noir, Spider-Man Noir from Spider-Verse, Nick Cage, um, his voice when he was, like, saying anything remotely kind of, like, noirish. Question, what is black and blue and red all over? Answer, your face! I, I because... definitely... Yeah, I kind of got a similar thing with this, but there's definitely moments where you can really see how um, 
Alamore was inspired by this for Rorschach. Yeah. Because there's a moment where he goes into this kind of, this brothel which has underage kids and there's a senator there and there's this woman that's clearly like a pimp there and like she calls him an arsehole and he's like, maybe, but at least I'm not a whore. And it's like, that's so Rorschach, it's unreal. Yeah. Uh, but then you it's like... how like sexist and like racist and stuff Rorschach but, like, is. But like, there's some of the things that um, Vic Sage is saying and it's like, this dude's supposed to be a hero but like he's... Yeah. He is, he's, he's like a, a Republican. Um, yeah interesting I'm going to stick with it but the thing is this is DC Black Label the size of the cover etc the problem is I've just read or we've just read Harleen Mm. uh, which was a Black Label which was the same size and I kind of like I lump this in with Harleen and therefore I expect the same kind of like wow factor I I think my my takeaway from this is that it's definitely an interesting uh, first book for this Vic Sage Mm. story Um, it it kind of speaks to the strengths of DC Black Label mm. in that they are able to try new things here and get talent like um, Dennis Cowan, Jeff Lemire, Dawson Cabbage, everyone together for this question book. Yeah. And I like that they are attempting... So obviously they started you know, with uh, Batman, you had Superman, mm. Harley Quinn, and now the question, and they're, they're diving into these older characters. Which, which is, is like, yeah. I'm like, cool, yeah, you've got this Black Label, do it. Give me like a Martian Manhunter after this. Yeah. Uh, just give me something, you know. That being said, Martian, Martian Manhunter Steve, series is great. Steve Orlando's Martian Manhunter <laughs> right now is so good. It's it's like it makes me feel the way that Deadpool just made me feel again with Kelly Thompson. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So that. Um, yeah, promising, and it it does like I do. You know, one hundred percent agree with you. It does what it says on the tin. It's made me want to know more about the question. How. Um, Interestingly, with all the black label stuff, obviously you work in a comic book shop. Yeah. How has this one done in comparison to the others? Where it's not, where it's not like you know Harley Quinn or Batman or Superman. Well, as soon as people see Jeff Lemire, they're going to buy it. That's the thing. Cool. As soon as people see Sinkovich, they're going to buy it. So yeah, yeah the, I mean it's it's done okayish, and Harleen has done really well. Uh, like yeah, selling I mean, out of book one like continuously. Cool. So, but um, I expect the same of this. Just give it a week. Um, cool. Next one up is Once and Future. This is Kieran Gillen. Yeah, uh, Kieran Gillen. Art from Dan Mora. Colors from Tamara Bundelin and letters from Ed Dukeshire. Issue number four. This is Boom Studios. I I've said this before. Just before we got started, um, this is quietly becoming one of my favorite books. Yeah, it's four issues in. It just it turns up. I think it, is it a monthly book. Monthly. Um, it turns up each month quietly kind of puts itself there on the shelf and it's like yep I'm continuing to be great and it's like cool Once and Futures is it's been consistent four issues in and it, it's this is Kieran Gillen's this is Kieran Gillen's year for me because like obviously you've had Wicked and Divine Star Wars Star Wars you had this you had Die and they've all been great for me and I've really enjoyed this but Once and Future is just it's such an I just love the premise of it, like, you know, talking about King Arthur. Yeah. But what if King Arthur wasn't the hero? What if he was the villain? And then going from there with this this grandma-grandson team. And it's, it's... It's so interesting that, like, that premise as well is so relevant. Like, this idea that the old Britain is a better Britain, but once you look at in between, like, the cracks, you're like, actually, was it? Like, yeah. you know, that's that's really, really interesting. And like you said... The the companionship of the grandson and the grandmother is just it's flawless. 
Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a particular thing in this book which I think I, I might, might be the only one that really enjoys this as a kind of side thing for the book. Mm. That the, the opening kind of, of this issue in particular and the, the end of the last one, they, it takes place in the cathedral in Bath. Mm. I went to university in Bath and nothing this interesting happens there. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. So, like, it's, it it's, it's it. fun. It's like, cool, no, this... <laughs> This is definitely like a, a make-believe thing because nothing fun would ever happen there. <laughs> but like, it's it's really cool, and I really love, uh, I really love the art style on this. But I do have to say, like, as good as the art style is, uh, Tamra Bonvillain's colors in yeah. this are so good because it, like, it's almost like they they know exactly what color to make pop off the page. Mm. The greens, the oranges of like um, hair and stuff like this in this. It really they're highlighted massively. But this from is all a the really great team. Yeah, it's, it's really great team. It's like, but I'm, I'm as much as I like I you know I started this by gushing about the book. Mm. Part of me is like, oh, just fingers crossed that they keep it going. This is this is it. Like, because every single month, as you say, you pick it up, you're like, oh, they smash it, smash it, smash it. Kieran Gillen is somebody that I've always found that he caters to a particular audience, not one particular audience, but. He'll go, right, okay, I'm doing sci-fi, I'm doing Star Wars, so I'm going to cater towards the Star Wars fans. He's obviously a Star Wars fan himself. He knows what they like. He mm. goes for that. Completely different to Wicked and Divine when he writes it. Mm. Wicked and Divine, you know, that kind of that kind of um, people that, you know, like New Gods and Shoreditch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, those people. Yeah, yeah. Uber. People that like Nazis? Uh, okay, not like yeah, Nazis, yeah, no. they like war. And they like that kind of thing. This is like, this is for everybody. Like, you would think that it's very niche and that it's like just for one person. This is just like, this is his best work yet, I think. Yeah, I mean... And um, dies, obviously, for the unreal. D&Ds. I, I do want to check out um, Dan Mora. Yeah. What else has Dan Mora done? Because it's, his style it's really is familiar. really familiar. I'm just going to have a quick look while you yeah. choose the next book. Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna go for. I'm leaving that one to last because it's fucking the uh, best book ever. That's where well, I know him from. Um, Dan Mora did some of um, the Go Go Power Rangers book from 2017, and you know, like you hear Go Go Power Rangers and you're like, no, really? But seriously, the Power Rangers comic books yeah. have been so good. Like the Shattered Grid stuff, which was I think it was either early this year or last year surprisingly great and he also did this book called Klaus which I've never heard of so I'm interested to check that out do you mean Klaus K-L-A-U-S yes Klaus Klaus Morrison yeah yeah I've never yeah. read that yeah no cool I, I, will, I will 100% be checking that out um, so yeah what's up next King 4 so this is Jason Aaron and Ribic on the art yeah it's uh, uh, Massage Ribic it's sad. It's sad, Rebic. Um, colours from Ivas for China. Sorry if I've messed that up. And art from Das Pastorus and letters from Joe Sabino. So this is number three, um, Return of the God Bitcher. So this is only a four-issue arc. This is the final one of Jason Aaron's run. Or the, this is a penultimate one. Penultimate issue from Jason Aaron. <laughs> In the last one, um, four and Loki, Old Man for this is basically, and Old Man Loki... I've been fighting like Goku and Vegeta over planets, beating the shit out of each other. And then the God Butcher, the guy that Jason Aaron kind of started his whole full saga with about four or five, was it like 10 years ago now? I don't know. Yeah. That, that long ago. Um, he's come back and he's determined to make the gods and everybody in the universe suffer just as he was forced to suffer when his family were killed. Um, so yeah, this is, this is the end to everything. 
Um, they've basically been sucked into this necroplasm, which sounds worse. <laughs> necroplasm. Than it is, um, at the end of the last issue, and we just saw the last of Four's hand go into it, and that's the end. That's it. So Loki and Four are dead. God Butcher is one. The universe is destined to be necroplasm for the rest of its universe days. Yeah. But wait. I mean. Never, never count the God of Thunder down. Never, ever. Um, so or his he, granddaughters. Or his granddaughters. So it looks like Thor he claws his way out, but he, he can't, he doesn't come out with Loki. He just comes out by himself. And then... I'm going to say necroplasm more often. Go on. I don't, I don't know if you should. <laughs> um, then the granddaughters of Thor turn up and, you know, help help save the day more or less because they bring with them... A shark? They bring with them a shark, <laughs> yep. And they also bring the, with them gods... Um, and the gods, because like in this future world, future universe rather, the universe is more or less dead. But they find the planet where um, earlier in Jason Aaron's run, the the girl, a small girl on the planet, uh, prayed. prayed, and four came. Four came, and he brought rain with him to this planet. And from that, life grew, and these gods and goddesses grew, yeah, and helped. You know, the sky lords of Indigar. Yeah, they they came to this world and settled there because this this planet needed gods, and from that they then all team up to just kick the shit out of Gore. Um, and th- and they uh, I love the way that they all join together. They hold Gore down and they start singing at him, saying Gore, the savior of the gods. <laughs> and he's the, like, just the, <laughs> the worst thing. But I love then the. Um, so they yeah they behead Gore they like chop him up into pieces and they're like we've won but then Gore's like nah but I'm no longer like alive I'm more necroplasm than God now <laughs> and like what when you, it's that like, kind of classic moment where you think like that was the epic battle they won the day and it's like nope nope he's uh, Gore is now the 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 necroverse he's now a universe versus and just the God versus of four on a shark it's it, it's I mean, literally like this is it's a metal album waiting to happen um, but yeah the next issue is the end it's the last it, ever issue and it has uh, just from the page it has the three fours from the God Bomb and God Butchers like series so interesting everyone's back together for one last but go around this is the thing like Donny Cates' run is going to be starting in January is he going to respect what's happened before, or is, or is Jason Aaron potentially going to say that this future never happens at the end of the next issue? The next issue is the linchpin to what's going to happen next. So make sure you pick up this series. Like I, 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 I think when you have uh, someone like Donny Cates, who, uh, if you look at what what he's done with Venom and how much of a fan he is, he clearly will respect what's come before. He will. I yeah. think he will. I think obviously. It all depends on what happens next, like you say. So, I, for one, cannot wait for this issue. Mm. And it should be coming out this side of Christmas, I believe. Yeah, the King last King 4 will come in December, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, make sure you add that to your pull list. So, last, uh, last couple of ones. Um, <laughs> Batman, issue 83. 83, so yeah, this is uh, writer Tom King. So, this is his second to last book before 85 so it's yeah, 84, two, eight, left. two left to go uh, art from Mikkel Yannin uh, colours from Jordan Belair and letters from Clayton Cowles City of Bean Dark Knight Rising so this um, takes place just after all so the action has happened all the action has happened 
Um, what happened in the previous one? So, so Bane and Bane was beaten by Catwoman and Batman. They finally f- had a fight with him and they took him down. But then Thomas Wayne shows up, shot them, shot both um, Bane and Batman. Yeah, and and he's like, I'm the instigator of your pain, kind of thing. He's he's the real person that's behind everything. Um, and then um, because because of the way that. Uh, Tom King's Batman has gone the past, say, like 10 or so issues. The story has kind of gone in and out. Mm. So it's gone from like one issue to the the one after the next. Mm. And it kind of goes like that. It, this issue started with something that... Because obviously it ended on a bit of a cliffhanger with them being shot. Yeah, You're like, oh shit, what's going to happen next? Is Batman going to get up and fight Thomas Wayne mm. and Bane? But like Bane looked like he was dead. And... Uh, and then you forgot that Alfred was killed. Yeah. And you forgot that Bruce doesn't know this. Well, it's not necessarily that we forgot that Bruce didn't know this. Alfred actually mentions in this one, um, in a recording to Bruce, he says to him, I sent the signal saying that I was okay. Yeah. Which, so, even though he was dead. So Bruce, this whole time, has thought that he was... Alfred was safe. He got yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, the book begins with Bruce, unconscious, in a chair, waking up, and across the table from him is Alfred's body. The um the book itself is a the entire narration is uh, an audio recording yeah. of, from Alfred, and this is uh, Bruce listening, finding out that Alfred's yeah. dead, and listening to this recording. And it's a I I really really loved this issue. Like mm. really loved it. I loved the like the intimacy of Alfred's words. I loved that you know. It's clear how much care that Alfred has there. I really loved seeing Bruce like. This is like real, Process. genuine yeah. Bruce processing death in this room, and I know, like you know, I would have liked to have seen the the action continue, but I I'm really grateful for this one because I really love. I don't know if it was there was a an annual. The last annual was based around Alfred as it was well. Alfred's, yeah, yeah, and I really love Alfred's how Alfred sees Bruce because it's always this incom- like incomplete contrast to how Bruce has seen himself recently mm. in the comics Alfred always has this hope for Bruce yeah and he's, he's seen him grow he's seen him be a boy these other people like even Dick Grayson who's probably been with him the longest he didn't see the transition of him becoming from boy to Batman yeah I know that he would have been away with the League of Shadows whatever the hell he did um, and Alfred wouldn't have seen that particular bit, but Alfred's seen the most of his life. He knows him. Yeah, I, th- I think as well. I think the thing that I, I particularly enjoy about this is that um, where it looked like it was all Bane, it's mm. actually Thomas Wayne has really kind of been pulling the strings here. Which what it seems like, and that's that's Bruce's actual father. Yeah, this but makes this, sense from this. Yeah, but this is Alfred is Bruce's father. Mm. That's that's just what this comes across as. Which makes me think, was the thing that, that Tom King was going to change wasn't necessarily just the alphabet. Like, the only thing that could make Bruce kill someone was potentially for his surrogate father to be killed. And that in representation of that, like, the cruelest stroke was that it was from his actual father. Yeah. Like, if he kills his actual father, like, he's broken his one rule. And I wonder I, if that's do, what DC couldn't stand. I do think that Batman is going to end up killing Thomas Wayne. I do. As yeah. much as, you know, Batman doesn't kill, 
It's like I I think he will. I think it's <laughs> it doesn't count different dimension. Yeah, but I, I think <laughs> I think that's probably how they're gonna get away with it because mm. they'll be like, yeah, but Thomas Wayne is dead in this world. Mm. Bruce's actual parents died tragically, mm. but this villain that killed Bruce's ne- like real father is 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 gonna get it. Although part of me thinks when this fight happens, because obviously Bruce has just walked down this corridor and he's walked past. Um, all of them, Tim, yeah. Barbara, um, Duke, Duke um, Cassandra Kane, Kate Kane, um, I think there's spoilers there as well, and Damien. I think that one of them is going to kill Thomas Wayne. I think the one that's going to kill him is Damien. Yeah, it makes sense. Because I feel like Damien witnessing Alfred being killed is going to change something. All of the work that's gone into making yeah. Damien who he is now yeah. from the, where he started I feel like Damien like really loves Alfred as well or, like there's there's or does because of the like the, the the overall thing of this Tom King series is Bat and Cat is Cat gonna kill him because she won't want Bat she to do it she won't want Bat to do it yeah and then he'll have to take then her down he'll be like you killed I, and yeah. then Bat will end up being alone again um Something that, that I totally like... I read it. I read it twice as well. But I was going to say Pop-Up Pirate. It's not Pop-Up Pirate. Um, I, the um, Pirate Psycho, Man? Psycho Pirate. Psycho Pirate. Pop-Up Pirate. I noticed that Psycho Pirate is sitting beside Thomas Wayne. Yeah. And he was a big part of the previous Bane part in the Tom King run. I am Bane. One. Yeah. Um, he controls people's moods? Yeah, I think he can also... Because he was quite vital. Kind of like a puppet master kind of thing, Psycho Pirate. Yeah. Like, he, I think he has a big role in uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths as well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it could be that Psycho Pirate is behind it. I feel like that will disappoint a lot of fans. Do if you... it turns out to be Psycho Pirate all along. Do you know what, though? Having said that, Batman Eternal, Tinian... I haven't when... read that, so I, I don't know. Like, I'm going to spoil it for you. Yeah, go, 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 go. So, it goes through the entire thing, and it gets to the end, and it was the Clue Master. <laughs> and, Ugh. like, it, I personally thought it was brilliant. He was like, yeah, I just made you think that I was just a small-time crook, but fuck you, basically. And then, like, something it, happens... That's, that's quite cool that Batman could be outsmarted... By the Clue Master. By the Clue Master. By the Condiment King. <laughs> um... But then something happens right at the end and you find out that there's somebody else that's pulling the strings. And it, it was really, Joker all along! Yeah, it really fucking frustrated me, basically. I, that bit I won't spoil for you because it didn't make any sense. But when it said Clue Master, it was so, like, beautiful. We're, we're two issues to go on Tom King. I think we'll definitely have to do, like, a, <laughs> um, like a retrospective on him mm. um, because I know Tom King's run has been uh, one that we've both really really enjoyed and there have been bits that we probably would change as well um, but it'd be interesting to look back on it as a whole yeah. and also buy that eventual omnibus when it comes out before we go on to this one yep. um, let's go through the other two so Star Wars um, issue number 75 that ended yep. the whole of the Star Wars run so we're talking about everything between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back it started before Force Awakens came out Marvel decided to bring out these comic books that were set between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back kind of bridging the gap between the two films um, this one was called Destination Hoff it's been part of a run 
Um, yes, this is uh, Greg Pak, Phil Knott, and Clayton Cowles is yeah. on the letters. They're on a, on a they're on a planet with Darth Vader. So you've got the main heroes and Darth Vader. And Darth Vader is taking on Luke Skywalker and Chewbacca, which yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah. um, and Chewbacca's not that bad when it comes to fighting a Dark Lord of the Sith, apparently. I mean, was it? Have you ever seen a Wookiee pull the ears of a Gunga? Or, uh, <laughs> like, last time he lost at chest, he pulled the arms off of someone. It's, Chewie can handle himself. I, I enjoyed it, considering he's, like, pretty much... He is actually, apart from Lando, the last one of the main ones. Yeah. Well, R2 and C-3PO. Not for long. My well, friends. <laughs> I'm saying goodbye to my friends. Um, yeah, so you had that kind of really good moment with Chewbacca. I, um, I will say, I do not like this. I think because I, I'm a couple of issues behind, yeah. but I read this one just, just for this. Yeah. I, I don't know who Dar Champion is, but I don't like him. He I'm ain't very taking Leia's hand. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much on Han's side in this. Yeah. Don't like him. Okay. Seems cocky. Don't like it. He's a bit of a prick. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so um, there's going to be one that's bridging the last bit of the gap. Um, it will be coming this Christmas. I can't remember what it's called, but basically it will be them literally landing on Hoff yeah. and going like, we're on Hoff. And by stroke, back. I, I will say my, my favourite page in this um, is when all of the heroes are running at Vader, shooting their lasers. That was great. Uh, because that just reminded me of when I used to play with my Star Wars figures. And then the next panel is literally Vader going, nope, and just pushing them away. And it's just, no. yeah, it just, it just, that was, that for me was just like, that's a classic Star Wars fan thing of like, wouldn't it be really cool if everyone rushed Vader at once? And Vader was like, nope. It reminded me so much of Enemy of the Empire, that that kind of planet. Yeah. It's very, very similar. If you, if you guys want to pick up a Star Wars comic, that is fucking great. Yeah, Boba yeah. Fett's Enemy of the Empire, especially with the Mandalorian Boba, out at the moment. Yeah, Boba Fett um, versus Vader. Yeah. Um, Next year, Marvel uh, bringing out the Empire Strikes Back versus uh, sorry, Empire Strikes the bit between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, now that the new Star Wars film is coming out in two weeks, yes, two, two, weeks. two weeks until Star Wars, which is mad to think. And um, we also, as well as that, will be getting the the relaunch of Doctor Aphra as well. So Doctor Aphra okay. is ending as well at this point, and then there's there's an in, there's one comic in between, which is uh, let me find wouldn't it. you love to find out that her dad is Dash Render? For the new comics, no, no, and, see, that, she, and that she's she's actually going to be the Dash Render. So yeah, as as great as it would be, um, I I like the fact that Doctor Aphra is this new character. Yeah. Um. So Empire Ascendant number one is the kind of the bridging. culmination yeah. bridging um one. I I do I I think out of the kind of the Star Wars ones that have been, so you again this is this is the kind of an end of a, the modern Marvel Star Wars like first chunk yeah. we've had Lando we've had the Han Solo series we've had the Princess Leia one we've had tons yeah um, I will say that the Chewie one's probably still one of my favourites because it's just a really sweet story uh, but Dr. Aphra is 100% the highlight of this, of this run because she's been a great new character introduced and I think people really have connected with Dr. Aphra mm. I do really like the rumour that's going around that she might be getting her own Disney Plus series that's good. Which would be real fun to see. Just for um, her triple zero robot that's like murder free PO. The anti free PO. Yeah. 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 That's great. Um, one of one, which is Nightwing. Nightwing issue 66. Issue 66. Uh, so this is Dan Jones, I believe. Dan Jones. So essentially. Um, I've, I haven't read this, but you have. Yeah. Because I, I will not read Nightwing until Rick Grayson is gone. <laughs> until Rick is Until Nick. Rick is dead. Wait, not Nick. Um, wait. Until Rick, Rick is, is Dick. Dick. Because so, Rick's currently a dick, but he's not the dick I want. Yeah. That came out wrong. All right. 
Oh, wrong. It just sounded wrong. Um, so, um, as we know, um, Rick, uh, Nick, Dick Grayson was shot in the head. That was at issue like fifty, fifty-one, whatever it was, of Batman. And that was when it was good. No, I'm joking. Because <laughs> so, some of it has been good. Since. He was Dick Grayson in Bloodhaven before that, and everybody was loving up his series, especially Benjamin Papers' series. It was just fucking fantastic. Then he got shot in the head. He got turned into Rick. They shaved his head. These poor fucking lovely locks of hair were shaved off. His beautiful so, hair, um, Samson and Delilah. He, his skin tight suit was uh, changed for like a taxi driver's like kind of like baggy jeans or whatever, and and a jacket. Just... And they just changed him completely. They made him a bit of a dick as well. So, <laughs> but not the dick that we were. A bunch of like people like in law enforcement, firefighting, etc., found all of his costumes. They decided to become the new Nightwings. They're looking after the city now as Nightwings. He is kind of helping the team because he still remembers like muscle memory. He remembers certain things, and he's able to help the team. But the Talons, who have always been obsessed with Rick Grayson and oh, Dick fucking Grayson, um, they want. Dick Grayson to be like their leader or their champion or their talent essentially. Yeah, so that's, the that's going all the way back from Court of Owls, yeah. Will, um, William Cobb? William Cobb is his grandfather. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, essentially, what's happened is in the annual, the one before this issue, we found out um, everything that happened just after he got shot in the head. His recovery, him waking up, seeing the family, and going, Who the hell are you guys? Which was fucking heartbreaking for Bruce, especially when Bruce goes to him. Um, I know I'm talking about the previous issue, but Bruce says, everybody just get out of the room, please. Everybody get leaves the room. He goes, Dick, you can you can tell me the truth now. It's okay. They're not here. Oh, don't need yeah. to pretend. And then he's like, I don't know who you are. Which is <laughs> just, just like, brutal. Oh, God. <laughs> and then he gets really, really angry. Brilliant, brilliant issue. The animal as well. <laughs> Alfred, it's me. He doesn't remember me. Take him out of the will. <laughs> and <laughs> you find out that there's a psychiatrist at the hospital and she's trying to help him get his memory back. But she's a talent, of course, and she's actually oh, been Oh, crap, okay. It was never the bullet. Um, she's been manipulating, drugging him to lose his memory. And basically, they want him as a blank slate. So they've been slowly trying to wipe all of his memories so, out. Okay, so what you're saying is... What you're saying... Yeah. Anyway, let, me, let, me, let me take my silver lining out of this. What you're saying is that when... There's a way to get him back. That when he stops <laughs> taking these drugs, I'm getting Dick Grace back. You're getting Dick Grace back. <laughs> However... <laughs> Would you, wait, no, no, However, no, 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 that's not what you said. <laughs> William Cobb has um, just been told that he's at the ripe moment to become Rick Grayson, evil talent. They're like evil talent god or whatever it is. Which is what they, which is what they wanted. So, I, yeah. I, okay, right. I, I could see that happening for like six issues. Do you know what? I, f- I feel like with... Um, I feel like with the, the Nightwing ongoing at the, at the minute... I and I think this has been a lot of fans as well. It has been that trying to get over the fact that it's not Nightwing Dick Grayson. Yeah, and it is difficult to really see this person going around, see Dick going around as Rick <laughs> Grayson. Yeah. Um, now that I know that, because I obviously dropped off and I was like, ah, I'm not going near it until I get Nightwing back. Yeah. Now that I know the talons are in there and this, I you, you've kind of piqued my interest a bit more, and I'm like. Okay, all right. I'm, I might go pick up the trades yeah. and have a little because it's going to be going back. Yeah, but like I like the fact that because I didn't, I wasn't so keen on this whole team of Nightwings mm. and Rick being a cab driver. I the fact that the Talons are in there as well is like there's little signs of Nightwing coming back. Mm. Okay, I'm, I'm 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 willing to pick up the trades on that. I think. Cool. Um, let's go for off on one of the week. So this is Batman White Knight presents. Von Fries and Sean Murphy is obviously still doing his art, still doing 
the writing and the oh no no it's Klaus Janssen's doing yeah the, so uh, script from Sean Murphy art from Klaus Janssen colours from Matt Hollingsworth, Matt Hollingsworth yeah. and letters from and well designed um, Hollingsworth is Little Bird isn't he yeah before we get into um, the story of this I want to talk about the, the letter that's at the back of this which is Sean Murphy talking about how him and Klaus, Klaus Janssen have wanted to work together and they kind of were, were you know batting about ideas mm. and they kind of came up with this I think he was talking about how Klaus Janssen had obviously family that were uh, Jewish during the Second World War. Yeah. And, you know, the kind of the atrocities that they kind of experienced and all of these things. And they wanted to kind of do a story. And then I think it was either one of them, probably Sean Murphy approached him with this, with like the Mr. The Von Fries one. And this is what's come of it. Mm. And I... I really, really like this book. Um, it's worth saying that this book is a standalone kind of like deleted scene, which is Sean Murphy's own words yeah. between issues six and seven of the Curse of the White Knight. So when Harley and Batman are kind of on their way in the Batmobile and they stop off with Freeze and stuff like that, it's a great little one-shot story in this world. It's fantastic. It's, yeah. it's like, I've never read a one-shot this good. Like... It's it's the way that it's structured, like from when you've got a young Victor Freeze uh, in the snow holding what appears to be his dying father, being chased by this kind of evil Nazi guy, um, to the point where you realise his dad is the evil Nazi guy. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, the but, I think it's 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 an uncomfortable book in so many places because there's a lot of like actual seeing Nazis in this book yeah and like not just seeing them seeing them like experiment specifically as father on Jewish people it's, on the Jewish yeah, people it's really, yeah. like, I think for me as well and I've, I've said this before on the podcast um, particularly when we've been talking about detective comics Yeah, Mr. Freeze is one of my favourite Batman villains my yeah. favourite animated series episode is Heart of Ice the one that you have Mr. Freeze talking about Nora I really love this book because it deals with him and it's it's this horrible, ugly side of his past. Yeah. And the, in particular, the scene that um, I think is the most uncomfortable is the one where you have the whole kind of factory of Jewish people being experimented on by Von Fries. Yeah. Um, and, you know, using the Fries tech. And it's the, it's the horrible way that he tries to kind of go like, no, 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 it was, I needed to experiment on them for this. And it's like, that's, you're, you're experimenting on humans. This isn't right. And it's like, it's so uncomfortable and ugly, but it's like, this is so great. It's in a Batman story. Yeah. Um, I really love as well that um, Von Fries, we see him helping uh, Martha Wayne With the during baby. the birth. Yeah. And like, so Von Fries, uh, Victor Fries rather, is responsible for Bruce's birth and yeah. helping them get through it because it, yeah if he hadn't been there it would have been completely different we'd have no Bruce Wayne um, I just yeah everything about it. The, the the best things in it are are basically the father and the father's friend I want to say friend or partner like their interactions like how he becomes like really petty and jealous and at the same time he can feel such remorse and guilt which he should like, he's wearing the Nazi uniform and he's been forced into wearing it or seemingly forced into wearing it. Goes back to see his Jewish friend. His Jewish friend's like, I don't want anything more to do with you because you're wearing that uniform. And yeah. then then the other side, which is like the human side, he sees his Jewish friend 
playing with his son and getting on well with his son and he gets jealous yeah and he's like he no he wants his son he doesn't he shouldn't you know yeah i, I think like it's jealousy and yeah this, this book is it's, it's, it's really so, many so, layers. It's so yeah so many layers and i think my one of my favorite things in this book and it's you know i've reread it a couple of times now um the relationship between the baron von fries and jacob and how they started off as friends working together being partners in the business the war happens they, he tries to help them, gets jealous of Jacob, and then even to the point of where Jacob takes Victor and is like, no, you're coming with us, because Jacob can see that Von Freeze, Freeze is happy with them, Yeah, is unhappy with his father, but is unsafe there, and he's like, I'll get you out, yeah. even though Victor Freeze was never in any danger. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really really heartbreaking book and I love Klaus Janssen's art in this it's just it is fantastic and I will say Matt Hollingsworth's on the colours on this he, and can, he can do no wrong after Little Bird the, he can do no wrong after Little Bird but like and it's it's really kind of, it's, it's funny that this book feels so cold in its colours yeah like it, you really feel like the, how cold it is um, and there's a page which is probably one of my favourite things um, <laughs> for it feels wrong saying it because it's, uh, the Baron von Fries is the one doing it mm. but it's such a cool panel of when he freezes the Nazis that are shooting yeah. at him and the bullets have even come out and frozen it's from, just from, from like a, be- a basic DC level as well you're you're getting the origin of where Mr. Freeze got his ideas for his technology for his suit for his wife for everything it was from Nazi Germany from his father yeah but I love so... as well that um the the love that Victor Freeze has for his life. The big thing of Mr. Freeze, Nora. Yeah. Nora was the friend. She was the, the daughter, daughter of his friend's yeah. his father's friend, and it's like she was the baby that his like her father gave to Victor, saying, "Take care of." Her. Which I know, I know, doesn't sound right, but like, is it an almost even stronger love than that of like what they've shown before, which is as his wife, or it's like this is the person you've sworn to protect. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just fucking amazing. Mm. Um, having said that, yep. Okay, it's great. It's there's. I mean, like it can do no wrong, etc. Like after seeing that, I kind of want to see something a bit like kind of more light-hearted. Um, after that, <laughs> yeah. Cause... So I'm gonna go and see Jojo Rabbit in January. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so <laughs> even though that that also looks like it's gonna be a tear-jerking, heart-wrenching. Yeah. You know, Tiger Watiti can. I'd say honestly for this book, like like you said, it is it is so good. Yeah, it really is good, but it is it's a not a tough read, but like it's 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 a dark book. Yeah, it is a really dark book. Um, There's a lot of thought that's gone into because like it. even even when you think about it, like obviously this is a comic book. This is the story of Baron von Fries experimenting on people with his freeze gun. It sounds so sounds so comic book. Yeah, but in actual life shit like this was happening yeah and it's like oh like you, you can read it and be like oh fuck that's such a cool comic book moment and then you kind of pause and you go no this actually happened yeah not specifically a freeze but, gun but this but kind of thing this kind of thing happened. was going on you, you would have had Germans that were friends with Jewish people that had basically been either forced into turning or actually wanting to turn yeah. against their fellow man and best friends you know? I, I hope that with um because obviously Sean Murphy said that this is like a deleted scene between issues uh, six and seven. Yeah. I hope when they put that in a trade, 
that comes in it. Oh, 100%. That has to come in it because that's such a great book. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's all the comics we've got. Obviously, any of the ones we've spoken about, the comic books, you can find them in your local comic book shops. If they're not on the shelves, go and chat to the people behind the desks. They might be able to order you in like a, a second printing. They might be able to source you a copy from somewhere. Just have a word and ask. Mm. If you can't, if they can't get hold of it, you can always pick up issues on Comixology. Yeah. Um, so you make sure you get those from there. Don't pirate your comics because it's it's a shitty thing to do. Yeah. And you know, artists don't get paid, writers don't get paid, and we don't get books anymore. So yeah. make sure you go and purchase them. Out of the ones we've spoken about, what would you say is your pick of the 100% week? Hundred percent. It's Batman White Knight Victor Von Freeze. Yep. It's it's the same for me. It's going to be that. I, I just remember finishing it and just like being that was just I mean even though it's hurrying delicious yeah like it is it is really I will also say a big shout out for Once and Future and Olympia so I'd say recommend going picking yeah. those ones up but yeah definitely if you can find a copy of Von Freeze buy it uh, but yeah, guys, um, that's all we've really got time for on the Hall of Comics podcast. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us, uk at gmail.com. If you want to chat to us on Twitter, we are at Hall of Comics UK. Um, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be sorting out our end of the year list. So we're talking about our favorite uh, movies, TVs, games, board games. But most importantly, we'll be definitely doing our maybe our top 10 comics of the year. Yeah, I think that's fair. 100%. Maybe five each. But five each and yep. we'll work out from there but these will be the ones that we thought were the best ones from the year and if you've been kind of wondering what to buy for someone maybe like as a last minute Christmas present or if a late Christmas present this might be the time for you to go shit alright I'll buy one of these so definitely keep an eye out for that episode but until next time I've been Ollie. I've been Gary bye bye no it's out keep going